0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Ah, we are live. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Blake Rufino, and this is Are You Serious Sports? We hope that you are making it a good one. We know that we are as well. Everyone joining us tonight on Facebook Live, Twitter. And YouTube, we greatly appreciate it. Everyone listening to us on the podcasting platform with our good partners over at Believe. We appreciate that. Do us a favor. Hit the like and hit the share as we are live. We have a jam-packed, an absolutely jam-packed show for you today. LSU will win this Saturday. I tell you why. David Waters from Gators Breakdown. Gator Dave. Joins us at 7.15. Elliot Clough from Believe in Pelicans podcast joins us around 7 7.30, 7.35. Drew Holiday is traded to the Milwaukee Bucks. What does that mean for the Pellies? We'll talk to him. We got a lot of great guests coming on today. And my man, Stephen Miller, my good friend Stephen Miller at the end of the show is going to call in for the Maction Minute and break down the Maction for us today. But you're not going to beat this man. You're not going to do it. Let's get back to the, the way the comments normally look. There we go. Mr. Dylan Landry, what's going on? James Smith, Jared Smith, I should say. Jamie Fortenberry, what's going on? Devin Stubbs says, peak Maction. Yes, our good friend, Mr. Stephen Miller, will be calling in with his Maction pick here in just a little while. Mike Fernandez says that intro is fire. Ain't it though? Ain't it? Ba-bum, man, listen. Guys, I'm gonna let you in on a little secret, okay? It doesn't matter where I'm at. When that intro hits, I ain't gonna lie, y'all, I get the goosebumps. I get the goosebumps. Gino what's happening? What is happening? Michael Ray says what's up? Go Tigers. I appreciate that Yes, it is Miller time Jordan Taylor. What's going on, man? I miss your comment. He says Blake's the goat I don't know if I'm the goat, but we're trying to get it We're trying to become the goat Blaine Smith says holiday gone. Yes, he is Blake pressed what you doing, dog? I saw you got married. you on your honeymoon. You're talking to my good friend, Michael Bazil, the financial advisor. My man, everyone give Blake Prest a, a congratulations to him and his beautiful wife if they're, as they are celebrating their wedding. Congratulations, my man. Danny, what's happening? He says, let's go, Blake. Yes, let's go. Guys, before we get to the opening of the show, let's go ahead and pay some of these bills and someone who's going to save you a crap ton of money on auto care and our good friends from GM, Vornado and Sons. GM, Vornado and Sons has faithfully been serving your Dennis rings and Baton Rouge area for over 62 years. With their highly trained technicians, there's absolutely nothing that they can't do. RV repair, big rig overhauls, motorhome chassis, truck repair, routine maintenance, tire repair, tire rotation, tire sales. No job is too big or too small over at GM. Give them a call today at 225-664-9992. That's 225-664-9992. And tell him Blake Ruffino over at AYS sent you. And if that car is just breaking down a little too much, go see my good friend Mr. Woody Clark over at Robinson Brothers Ford Lincoln. Hashtag ask for Woody. Give them a call today at 225-603-5432. That's 225-603-5432. Go see all of their beautiful cars over at RobinsonBrotherFord.com. That's RobinsonBrothersFord.com. RobinsonBrothersFord.com and tell them your good friend Blake Rafino sent you. Mr. Valil Fajoko. He said, let's go, Blake. Let's do this thing, Mr. Fajoko. Let's do this thing. And let's do this because LSU is going to win Saturday. Oh, Blake's got on the purple and gold goggles. Probably so, y'all. Probably so. But it's okay. It is okay. (laughs) Heidi says congratulations to Blake Prest. He says, I done did a thing, bruh. Yeah, you did. You, ain't no backing out now, dog. You you know, like the old Beyonce song says if you like me, you should have put a ring on it. Well, you did. And there ain't no backing out now. No, sir. <laughs> Steven Miller, the guy who will be calling in with the matching picks. He said, What's going on, big swole, Mr. Fahoko? Yes. Uh, Danny asked, What's your keys to the W Saturday Blake? Let's get into this and why I believe LSU is going to win on Saturday and why I don't believe it's going to be the purple and gold goggles. Number one, the vibe around LSU. And I'm just going to tell you the vibe that I'm hearing and the vibe that I feel going in to this game on Saturday. Number one, and probably the biggest, which is fine, very fine, is there seems to be some leadership going on around Baton Rouge. Some big-time leadership from your wide receiver in Terrace Marshall and coming from freshman T.J. Finley. Now, we could say that's a little off the field, but I feel like that this team is missing, if really anything, this team is missing is a lot of leadership and a lot of focus and want to. And we've been calling that for a while now. But man, let me tell you something. I went back today on my lunch break and I'm breaking down again Arkansas or Arkansas as Les Miles would say. It's Arkansas. Arkansas. We're going to go play Arkansas. Something feels a little off, and I think that Florida exposed him. Now we're gonna have Gator Dave on in oh about six minutes, and Florida call and Florida scored sixty three points, sixty three on Arkansas. They couldn't generate pass rush against Kyle Trask. They couldn't stop the run. Man, maybe a little, but it was really Florida at times that has struggled with the run all season long, they were able to break off some off. Now the longest run they've gotten all year is 23 yards, but regardless, they were able to run the ball in between the tackles. They were able to get their players in space and make missed tackles for Arkansas, and Arkansas didn't have an answer. Now I'm not saying for one second and one iota that LSU is able to, or even close right now, to this Florida offense. But God, dog, do I feel like they're going to be really good moving forward the rest of the season. Something in my gut is telling me that this team might turn it around. That this team finally has someone that's come up and held a team meeting and started barking out orders. And I'm going to be a little honest with you. We talked about the alphas in the room. We talked about the betas in the room. I didn't think that Terrace Marshall was going to be that guy, y'all. Not for one second that I think he was going to be the guy. But yet, he was. Arkansas. Yeah, it is Arkansas. Arkansas, as Les Miles would say. Blaine Smith says, Lee, Foreman, and Smith would be monsters for LSU in this class. Yeah, they would be. Who you got as an alpha? Well, Danny asked that on Facebook Live. Well, Danny, it wasn't Terrace Marshall. But the five is starting to feel different. And I'm not sure X's and O's wise, this team has been that bad. 52 points scored against South Carolina. Now, Auburn, okay, I'll give you that one. That's fine. Missouri, you scored all those points. You have all those missed tackles. Mississippi State, you couldn't stop them if your life depended on it. Still scored thirty-four points, forty-one points on Vanderbilt, and then you have an Arkansas team that you're not—that's not even close to being as talented as you are. Something feels that there's going to be a change for LSU moving forward, while, and Arkansas is going to bring that challenge to them. Now, Kyle Trask in Florida was able to put up all those points and all those yards. Hell, everyone's talking about Kyle Trask being the next Joe Burrow. And honestly, (laughs) the numbers are pretty similar. Here's why I think that if LSU is anywhere smart, and we'll talk about to Gator Dave about that, about what Florida did so well against Arkansas last week. But if you're LSU, don't you just pop in that game film and say, look, man, we got to run the same exact things they were doing. And by the way, they scored 63 points without Kyle Pitts. (laughs) So that should tell you how dynamic that offense was and you're able to take things away and get your program back on the winning foot. Now we talked about this yesterday. If LSU loses again and goes two and four, don't be hitting up the uh, the AYS hotline saying, "Oh Blake, you Rudy Pooh, what are you doing?" I think LSU gets the victory. That's just me, and hopefully I'm not wrong because every time I am wrong, you guys always <laughs> let me know. <laughs> hey, look, I could be the I could be the most right that I've ever been. But as soon as I'm wrong, y'all going to let me know. All right, let's get to a couple of these comments before we get to Gator Dave. Gino says, witness protection program. <laughs> I'm not going in the witness protection program. Not because I'm wrong. Uh, Blake Press, the married man, says, team is young, man. They should had to grow up fast. That's tough to do. It is, but I think that they're starting to do that. Uh, Fear the Reaper Says Gino Well the Reaper's out The Reaper's not playing For the rest of the season And uh, Miles Brennan So we'll have to see about that All right. well let's get Gator Dave In here Uh, Before we get to that As always guys As always And I know we talked about Him big time yesterday But you gotta go see My good friends Over At the Drake Law Firm Guys Personal injury Criminal defense Real estate and successions there's absolutely nothing that the Drake Law Firm can't do for you today. Give them a call at 985-386-7600, 985-386-7600, for any need that you have. Getting a car accident? No problem. You're getting a DWI? No problem. Hey, you got some succession? No problem. And you got the real estate? No problem. They take care of it all. Go see them today at 154 West Pine Street in Ponchatoula, Louisiana, and tell him Blake Rafino over at AYS sent you. All right, the man is here. The favorite Florida fan. The favorite Florida man that everyone loves in Louisiana. Gator Dave is with us. Dave, what's happening, man? Nah, nothing much, man. We got a little,
1: uh, little chill in the state of Florida finally. So uh, enjoying the cooler weather a little bit.
0: Dave, I walked outside my house yesterday morning. And I was not like I was wearing tighty whities or anything. I mean, my shorts were kind of short, you know. And Dave, my big butt ran back inside. It feels good, right? It feels like football weather. Yeah, I woke up this morning and it was like, I think it was 51 here
1: in, in Jacksonville. And let me see what we got right 57 right now. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, as you said, it's, it's starting to finally feel like, uh, but hey. In, in the state of Florida, football weather is 90 degrees uh, for <laughs> most of the time. I mean, we, you, can't, I mean you, you can't get away with it. Everybody says, oh, football weather. In the state of Florida, you get three days of fall, and that's about it. So,
0: <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and I'm sure y'all like us. I mean, we don't have seasons. You no. know, what's going to happen here is we're going to have the cold chill, and Monday morning, it's going to be 92 degrees. I mean, right, it, you exactly. know, yeah. <laughs> that's how it always works. Right, Dave, listen, I don't know how much you caught in the beginning, but – We have a mutual opponent. Now, Florida came off a very impressive win against Arkansas last week. Before we get into it, i got to ask you this, because a lot of LSU fans have been seeing it, and a lot of Florida fans have been making the comparison. Kyle Trask and Joe Burrow, the Heisman balloters, and a lot of people that vote for the Heisman are talking about him being on the top of the ballot. Number one, do you agree with that, and do you think he's the man to beat right now for the Heisman? I, I say right
1: now he he, he has to be. Uh, and don't get me wrong, I, I'll admit a lot of that is due to some players not playing. You know, Justin Fields and and, and Trevor Lawrence uh, missed some games for COVID. Uh, so you know that that kind of happened. Matt Jones, you know, in Florida, uh, Alabama, and LSU uh, last week. You know, of course, no matter you know the stature of LSU right now, everybody's still going to watch that game. Everybody's still going to watch LSU Alabama, and if Matt Jones puts up big numbers again, of course, you know he's right up there. So uh, I think you can you can put Kyle Trask up there and you can put him at top and you wouldn't be wrong, but you also wouldn't be wrong if you put Trevor Lawrence up there. You also wouldn't be wrong if you put Justin Fields up there. You also wouldn't be wrong if you put Mac Jones up there. So right right now that that's the four guys uh, you can look at uh, right there. And I mean, Blake, we see it every game Florida plays right now. There is some kind of record Kyle Trask, is setting, whether it's, number of four touchdown games <laughs> that he's throwing or however many mm. touchdowns it is through six games. And uh, the comparisons to, you know, LA, we, we talked about it on your show before and kind of before the season even started, you know, Gator fans were looking, hey, can he be Joe Burrow? Can he, you know, it, it wasn't necessarily a Joe Burrow leap because Joe Burrow did have a leap from 2018 to 2019. Kyle Trask had a really good year last year. So the leap wasn't going to be as large, but could he even replicate those stats uh that, that Joe Burrow had and through
0: six games he's doing that you know Dave i I agree with you there and I think that there's a lot that you know Kyle Trask did a lot of good things last season you know like I remember the game last season in Baton Rouge where Dave that game was tied at 28 into the fourth quarter right like so he did a lot of great things and the same with Joe Burrow in 2018. He did a lot of great yeah. things, right? So there's a lot of comparison. You could tell and you could tell with ju- Burrow the, the the end of 2018.
1: That you could see it. You right. you, you were saying, okay, if if th- there's what we were kind of looking for with him transferring from Ohio State. If he goes anywhere close to that
0: in 2019, you would have been happy. He blew that <laughs> apart. <laughs> so. Right. Well, and and Trask is doing that now. And and you know what's amazing to me, Dave. And I want to I want to ask you this because. It's something that I think that Florida's struggled with. And I, I want to get your take because I know you break them down more than I do. But is the weakness of this Florida team on offense not being able to run the football more effectively? Now, they've had guys that get four or five yards per carry. But like the post I saw you have or the tweet I saw you had today, the longest carry that they've had all season is 23 yards. So is yep, it, is that the only thing that they're struggling with at this point?
1: I think so. Like you said, yards per carry is not that bad for near five yards per carry is not that bad between your top three backs. Damien Pierce averages 4.8 yards a carry. Uh, Malik Davis, 4.2. Nequan Wright, 4.0. And you know, last week we saw versus Georgia that, you know, if the, if the explosives aren't from the running backs in the running game, well, you found a way to get the explosives with them in the passing game. You know? Right. So you've made up for, you've, you've made up for it a bit there. But, as I said, if there's one weakness of this offense right now, and they're masking that weakness. It's not like it's it's a weakness, but it's not necessarily hurting the Florida offense. It is the the explosives from the running backs. Damian Pierce, your starting running back, his longest carry of the year, 14 yards. Malik Davis, 23 yards. Naquan Wright, 14 yards. Kadarius Toney, the all-purpose wide receiver, has the longest carry of the year for 50 yards. Kyle Trask has a 26-yard carry, longer than any of the running backs – and contrast is at Tim Tebow. <laughs> so right. it's uh, it, it, it kind of does blow you away a bit that this offense is having the success that it's having. And it's, you know, the explosives aren't coming from the running game,
0: you know, and at t- all, at all. Right. And that, I think because that's what's so much. And I know a lot of people, Dave are putting a lot of comparisons and probably recency bias. A lot of people are comparing last year's LSU team to this year's Florida mm. team, especially on offense. But what it makes it a little bit, I don't, I don't want to say more impressive because Joe Burrow did throw for 65 touchdowns last, or account for 65 touchdowns, is he doesn't have a running game, and, and really Joe did with Clyde Edwards-Alaire. So that's something that's really surprising. Let me, this is something, too, talking about that Arkansas game, and I want to get your take on this, Dave. Your boy Kyle trash throws five touchdown passes in a half. And he comes yep. off the field and Dan Mullins, not in his face, but kind of like barking at him a little. What happened there? And if you if you know what happened, and why was he kind of getting on Kyle? Because man, look, listen, somebody throws five touchdowns and a half. I'm not saying anything to him. Just tell him to keep going. What happened there and why was Dan a little upset about that? Or whatever happened. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that was a read he missed, and and, and Mullins, I guess, just always going to be coaching. That's just what he, what he's going to be doing. Uh, so, and, and I think it looks a little worse because, you, as you said, it kind of did look like barking. But you know, he's got a mask on, so it's probably having to maybe express a little bit more uh, of what you're trying to trying to get out there because you you do have to speak a little bit louder. So uh, I'll probably attribute it to that. But it, it is there was. Um, Florida does this, you know, highlight recap of videos that they send out, and you could hear some of the conversations that were that they were having. It was like, "Hey, you missed that guy over the middle. You know, you had him if you were throwing the second sooner. You had that guy. So, I mean, and but it, and of course, it wasn't the play that he actually scored on that you said, "Hey, you made the wrong read, and you just got lucky. You got a touchdown." It was a couple of plays before that. It was like, "Hey, <laughs> couple, you know, a couple of plays ago, you probably you probably should have had a touchdown two plays ago because you had it right here." Uh, so you did it's just those little things. And, you know, I get it. Uh, I did see some similar thoughts and comments out there. It's like, hey, man, you just, your quarterback's out there, Heisman level, elite level, and you're, st- and you're still going at him. But it, I, I look at it more as a coaching moment and, and still um, going there. Because it, you look at it, you go and that same thing I said about the highlights and stuff, it fast-forwarded to the end of the game and you had a really good personal moment between dan mullen and felipe franks right and you could tell the mutual admiration that those two guys had for each other and what they both did for each other uh there and, and so uh, and, and i've heard that a, a good bit too guys who have been around dan mullen you know he he, he gets critiqued for his recruiting uh a, a little bit and it's he doesn't relate to high school athletes or whatever but then you talk to those same people or you talk to guys who transfer in, and it was like, you know, they're friends with Dan Mullen. Like, he's like, he's really close to Alex Smith. He's like, he was in Alex Smith's wedding, his quarterback at Utah back in right. 2003, 2004, and all that stuff. So it's like, once you get to meet him, once you get to know him, you love him to death. It's just breaking down that wall <laughs> to, to, to get there. So, uh, it's uh going back to that Saturday I look at it more as a coaching moment because the we don't see it a whole lot we, we don't see the you know if, he, if you had seen that like a, uh like other coaches and just going after their players over and over and over again I think you could probably make some of it but it's just a probably coachable teachable moment there
0: well you know to Saban does it you know but he I the last time I could see him doing it to a quarterback is when he slapped oh gosh what's his name? Um uh, the quarterback slipped in my mind uh, for right now, but he slapped him on the butt after he threw a pick and was really upset. I can't believe – he bought me on Twitter, but I have to figure that out. I don't know. I, it was in my head. David Tucker
1: Water. Sims.
0: Oh, no, gosh. Why the why? – his girlfriend was the uh, Miss, Miss USA or whatever. Oh, McCarron. McCarron, yeah. When he slapped McCarron on the butt and McCarron threw a pick and he had already thrown four touchdown passes – like, that part <laughs> I get. But, you know, what's interesting, too, you listen – and to your point, you listen to a Dak Prescott. Dak even said that, you know, Dan Mullen brought him from a kid in high school that didn't ever throw the ball to a kid that we see at Dallas, right? So, I, yeah. I think that there, you, there's a lot going into there where I definitely agree with you. Uh, Dave, let's flip onto it to the other side, on the defensive side. They did a lot of good things. I was really surprised by that defense. Now Felipe Franks, you know, has done good—15 touchdowns to one pick in the last seven, or was it six games that he played? Florida really, you know, made it tough for him. What did they do defensively that you saw that made it so good for them?
1: Yeah, we look at this game from a Florida side: is can you make Felipe Franks do the things he struggled with on Florida? and if you mm-hmm. put pressure in his face how's he going to respond uh we know he's got a deep arm we know he can throw the third the, of throw the, uh, throw the, throw the ball throw the deep ball and he did that a couple times he hooked up a couple times there and he made some big plays uh for, for, for arkansas there but once pressure got in his face and the thing was you've got to keep up with the florida offense on, on the <laughs> other side so i think you put a lot of pressure on that opposing offense and that's not Felipe Frank's style. And don't get me wrong, he played really good. He played, he played a good game for Arkansas, but there's just no explosion. It couldn't keep up with the explosion of the Florida offense. You know, a lot of the, the, if you go and look at the stat sheet for, our, for Felipe Frank's in Arkansas Saturday night and go back and look at his, some of his best games as a Florida quarterback, the stats look very similar. Right. But, you know, that defense really couldn't keep up with the Florida offense and just eventually got outscored. So so there. So the thing was, it was really just pressure up front. That's what's going to hurt Felipe Franks. He does – credit to him, the one run that he had, he doesn't scoot up in the middle of the pocket and then take off a run. He wants to run to the edges. And you bring pressure around the edges, you're going to get to Felipe Franks. Florida did that more often than, than not. They really, for the third game in a row, have been really, really good on third down. That was the bugaboo for right before the COVID break that Florida had. Couldn't get off the field on third down. Now it's giving up the big play. So you've, you've traded something for uh, a, a something a little worse, if you want to call it. worse. I kind of, uh, I'm not saying Florida's doing it on purpose. They're not. But, you know, they want to shut that co- offense down, the, co- <laughs> the competing offense down. But I'll take giving up the big play more than I will giving up third down after third down after third down. Because at least your offense is getting back on the field. At least your offense is going out there and scoring and putting up points. So it's a trade-off right now, but you can see signs that this Florida's defense is starting to put some things together. And hopefully within the next month and you march toward that SEC championship game, just you got, uh, you got this big play explosiveness that you're giving up. You got that kind of figured out before you head up to Bama who can throw the ball over the field.
0: Well, that was the next question I was about to ask you because a lot of sites for Florida are set on the SEC championship game. Now, there's Dave there I mean I could sit here and I can't be honest with this. I mean, I don't see a game that there could trip up. You got Vandy, Kentucky, Tennessee, LSU. Dave, and there's another thing too. Around this time last year, LSU just came off a victory of playing uh beating Alabama and every, at that point, Dave, I knew. Like I knew yep. that they had a shot. Especially going into the SEC Championship game. Is that a lot of the same feel for you and this fan base? Like, hey, man, we just need to get ready for Alabama and possibly not slip up. Is people Are people looking forward to that game versus the next appointment, as most people did last year around Baton Rouge and LSU? Yeah, they,
1: they, they are. Of course, that kind of goes to, hey, you finally beat Georgia last week. Uh, you're coming off arkansas and you got vanderbilt who you know for all intents and purposes is really going to you know not really put up that much of a fight uh versus florida so you go out there you you you, you pat them stats you get your starters out you see you get healthy and then you know you you before the season that kentucky and tennessee game back to back looked to be pretty difficult it's uh, some two tough hard-nosed teams and they're still that kind uh, of teams but they're not going to keep up with florida so it would you're kind of looking at it as in Florida's just got to go out there and take care of Florida because if Florida goes out there and puts points out like they have all season long, they're going to beat Kentucky, they're going to beat Tennessee, and, and they'll beat LSU. And the LSU game could be more of a shootout than the Kentucky and Tennessee games card. You know, LSU can still score. We, we, we've seen that enough. But not Tennessee, not Kentucky. You go out there, play your game, and then you know you, you get ready for that LSU uh, game before week before the SEC championship game. If the schedule stays the same, I don't know what the SEC is going to do here. We're, 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 and Blake, you may know more about that from the LSU side. You know, Do they try and make up LSU and Alabama that week because it's a division game? Uh, we sit here and talk about the schedule and sit here and what we can look at for the next few weeks. I don't know how set in stone it is past Vanderbilt, Kentucky, Tennessee, just because those are division games for Florida.
0: Yeah, and Dave, just from what I hear and understand – you know, there's even been pushback from the Florida side, from what I hear, and I don't know this, that if they have to play LSU the week before the SEC championship game and Alabama doesn't have to play LSU, there's there's going to be pushback there, right? Like, that's what LSU has been trying to, to figure out. But, Dave, I think, you know, I think that they're going to play all the games. I, I don't know if they push Ole Miss back to the, the Ole Miss-LSU game back to the SEC championship week. I don't, right. I don't know that and then they they working in that way but i think that they're going to be they're going to be played. Dave, I got one more question for you before we get you out of here. What is the only thing what is some things or maybe one thing that you want to see in these next couple of games from Florida to get ready for that SEC championship game. So for example, last year for LSU, it, the one thing was, "Hey, look, you got to stop people on defense." You yeah. John Ross Plumley Scored another touchdown, right? I mean, he just scored another touchdown on that 2019 LSU team. What do you want to see moving forward? It, it, it is on defense.
1: And that's not to say the offense has everything going. Probably on offense, if I want to nitpick, there's explosive plays in the run game. the Offensive line gel a bit more. The right side still has got some work to do. The left side, Florida has done really well on the left side of the offensive line. Stone Forsyth playing at an all SEC level right now at left tackle. Richard Garage at left guard is playing really well. Brett Heggie at center. From center to left tackle. Florida's got that figured out. They're good. They're starting to play some younger guys on the right side. Some of that is due to injuries. Some of that is because I think they want to see what they have there. And Ethan White's coming back, who was a true freshman last year, played really well, was supposed to play a big part this year, he got injured. They're starting to get him back now and insert him into the lineup too. So on offense, you know, probably still figure out your best five on the offensive line, particularly – the two on the right guard and right tackle. So I think they got some work there. Defensive side, as I said, stop the big plays. Florida leads the SEC in sacks right now. It doesn't feel like it, but they lead the SECs in in sack and tackles for loss. So you hope that translates into, okay, you got third down figured out the last few games. Some of that's had to do with the opponent. Some of that's because you have gotten better in that department. Now it's time to translate those sacks and tackles for loss into stopping that big play that is keeping teams in. And don't get me wrong. If you're running 80 plays a game on offense, that's going to give that opposing offense even more plays as well, and they're going to hit some plays on you, especially in today's college football. It's an offensive-driven game. You're going to give Mm -hmm. up plays. But when you want to march toward Alabama, and you know what they can do, and you know they can hit that 40, 50-yard bomb – you got to you start picking your poison there they're probably going to hit some big ones too but you can't sit there and let them hit the big ones over and over again so you've got to work on that you got to get your defensive secondary rotation healthy and you got to get those guys in a rotation where you feel good about your starting four or five back there on the defensive
0: back end dave it sounds a lot like us last year man i mean I'm i'm just being honest i mean basically everything you just said is exactly what we were saying a year ago like Hey, man, can, for once, can you just slow down? I mean, this isn't, we don't want you to slow down less miles wise, but slow down just so little. Yeah. So, but anyway, Dave. No, the crazy, and and, and the
1: crazy thing is, you know, Florida's already got the loss of Texas A&M, So there's no luxury there. And, you know, you, and it's no fault of Kyle Trash with the offense. You know, they just didn't get the ball enough in the second half. And the one late drive to give Malik Davis a running back fumbles there. So kind of taken out of Kyle Trash' hand. But there's no room for error now, and but you still have everything to play for. You go and win out the rest of the year, you'll be in the college football playoffs. So I think Florida knows it, and uh, you, you can tell by talking to the team. You know, hey, look, Travon Grounds was asked about his Senior Bowl uh, invitation and 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 um, uh, acceptance. He was like. I ain't worried about it right now. We're, yeah, I we're heard that. For national, we're playing for a national championship. So, That's huge. You know, it's 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 there. The team the team knows it. They know, they knows what's in front of them, and uh, you know it's it's time it's time to go get the job done and and uh, go back to Atlanta and see what happens.
0: Dave, you're fantastic as always, man. Tell everybody from Are You Serious where they can find all your great work.
1: Yeah, everybody can follow me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC and follow Gators Breakdown at news slash Gators Breakdown or your favorite podcast platform, YouTube version as well uh, there. So a lot of content coming up, uh, uh, a big Gator panel, a whole lot of Gator media members getting together. We'll put that on on Wednesday, uh, tomorrow, and a whole lot of content looking back at Arkansas, looking at Kyle Trask, Heisman uh, chances right now, and uh,
0: looking forward to Vanderbilt later on in the week. Dave, you're fantastic as always, man. We'll talk soon. And y'all have a good rest of the week. And I would say go Gators, but they would they would absolutely <laughs> rip me, man. But I appreciate you joining us. I understand, I understand that.
1: But, all right, man, thanks for having
0: me. Later, man. That's Gator Dave from Gators Breakdown. All right, we're going to get to my good friend, Mr. Elliot Klofe. I say friend. I've only talked to the man once, okay? And it was on Twitter. But I like his work. He's our partner and our good friend over at, our, at, at Believe. And he does a Pelicans podcast. And Drew Holiday just got his ass traded. And what the hell is going on with the Pellies? We'll talk to him next. But before we get to that, let's get to a couple comments. Yes, guys, I saw Steven Miller. Yeah, I think that he's fired up about the White Helmets. Marvin Mackey says, damn, I'm working tonight. what I miss? You miss a great damn show. <laughs> a great show. Okay, but before we get to that, we gotta you know what time it is, we gotta pay some of those bills. And one of our good friends as well, Mr. John Patton over at Area Home Lending. Guys, with all the help from the Federal Reserve, it has pushed mortgage rates down to the lowest that they've ever been. If you're thinking about buying a new home, saving money on that mortgage that you have now, or even doing that cash out refi, the timing has never been better. Two two five six six three twenty five hundred. Go follow John at areahomelending.com and get your free appraisal today. If you mention AYS, he will give you that free appraisal and with over 15 years of experience, I know that he will take good care of you. And also, if you're looking for that new home, the number one real estate firm in all of the North Shore, go see all of their fantastic listings at team.kw.com. That's team.kw.com. Go to their Facebook page at Your Home Team LA. Give them a call today to meet and talk to one of their great real estate agents. 985-467-7355. That's 985-467-7355. Tell them Blake Ruffino. Say, you bye. All right. We got Mr. Elliot Clove. Believe in Pelican's podcast. <laughs> Elliot, what's going on tonight, my man?
2: Blake, thanks so much for having me, man. It's been a crazy last 24 hours. Also, given – I want to make sure you got this right. Last name, you're so close. Oh, it's not –
0: It's not. say it again.
2: It's Clough, like rough and tough. Okay. Right there, man. See, it's it's
0: the Louisiana accent. We can't say Fs that well, you know? (laughs) So it's it's a Louisiana – see, I'm trying to say it. Okay, Clough. Is that correct? Very close.
3: See, yes, I, there I'm, you
0: go. I, I'm trying my damnedest here, Elliot. But how about this? we we'll, for the for the rest of the duration, we'll just call you E-Man or Elliot. How about that?
2: That's a okay with me, man. <laughs> that's that's perfect. That'll work.
0: All right. So look, we got some big news. This uh, I guess yesterday. Now it's something, Elliot, that we've been hearing a lot of, or at least around here in the New Orleans Baton Rouge area, about Drew Holiday. Getting, getting traded. We didn't know where it would be, who it would be to. Break it down for us, man. Why the Milwaukee Bucks? Why these players? What's your feeling, and what are you hearing?
2: Right, man, and you hit it. We, I mean, basically, none of us really knew where Drew was going to end up. It's been basically twenty-nine teams are all inquiring about Drew Holiday at the, or they were at uh, this, this last you know, two months that it's been since the season ended and the Pels kind of made it clear that drew was on the table. They made it, they made it clear that he was available. Now, recently the two teams that have been talked about have been the Brooklyn net, Net, excuse me, the Brooklyn nets and the Denver nuggets. It it appeared that those teams, those two teams were going to be the ones that were going to be, Available that we're going to have the most assets to go out and get a player like Drew, uh, a situation where Drew really fit. They were both contenders. And then it looked like the Nets would be the favorite because they're in the East. And then James Harden got on the table for the Nets. It's sort of looking like that's not going to happen so much now. You know, who knows what's going to happen there? It's, it's, it's a crazy situation with James Harden possibly going to the Brooklyn Nets. Anyway, about Drew. On Believe in New Orleans Pelicans, we talked about the Bucs from the get-go. I said mm-hmm. they're in the East, one. Two, they need to make a move this offseason. They need to. That's that's just the situation that they're in. This stagnation, this situation that they're in with Mike Budenholzer, who is a coach who doesn't necessarily make a lot of adjustments in-game, doesn't make a lot of moves with the rotation or or on defense to switch it up to confuse opposing teams or, or to make his team more competitive in the playoffs. And they haven't made a whole lot of big roster changes in in the last like, you know, last two, three, four years. They've gone out and got good players, but they haven't gone out and gotten former all-stars, former all-NBA defensive players like Drew Holiday. And then they went out and got Bogdan Bogdanovich, which is a huge upgrade they're hey
0: say that name seven times fast i'm just <laughs> joking i'm just joking keep going
2: <laughs> so improvements depth is going to be an issue for the bucks but the pelicans you know it, it wasn't necessarily made clear as to why drew was being shopped they they didn't say it's because of the contract situation they didn't say it's because he doesn't fit the long-term situation but what it's come down to is what I'm assuming, what I've heard a lot from my other people at the Bird Rights, uh, the the SB Nation Pelicans affiliate, is that what probably happened is that Drew wanted to get the bag, wanted to get uh, uh, paid towards the end of his mm-hmm. career, saw all these guys on these short, not short-term, but, but rookie contracts saying, I'm not a rookie. You should pay me, and I think I've deserved it. And Pels weren't going to do that. He wanted that bag.
0: Let's just call it what it is. He wanted the bag, and they didn't want to give it to him. Now, let me ask you this, and we have a couple questions. Our good friend Stephen Miller says, hashtag ask E, which one or neither will Bledsoe and Hill suit up for the Pels on opening night? Which I think is a good question, but I guess my thought, Elliot, here is you're not going to trade for those two players if one of them isn't going to play. I think that Eric Bledsoe is a guy that they could really utilize – Hill was a guy that had a lot of good, uh, I don't want to say spurts, but it felt like spurts last season. What do you see? Do you think that both of those guys or really anybody will be on that roster from that trade?
2: That, that's the million-dollar question. That's what it is. And they both will provide value if they're, if they're brought in. I talked about this. <laughs> I work – I'm actually – I live in Madison, Wisconsin. Fun fact. Don't live in New Orleans. Never been to New Orleans. But uh, I love the Pelicans. Ho Pels. Ho,
0: ho, the Pels. ho 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 ho! I know. I know. <laughs> oh. Now I knew you lived in Madison, but you've never been to New Orleans. I know. So I very know. quickly, explain to the fine people how you became a Pels fan.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so, I grew up a Miami Heat fan. Believe it or not, Dwayne Wade was my guy. That's I'm not you know the 2010s LeBron. I, d Wade's my guy. So I graduated from college. Spring of 2019, and uh, was looking for jobs. Really, only getting offers. I'm from Iowa. Really small town papers in Iowa. Didn't want to do that. And to we stay sharp, Clark- with- we should
0: call you Clark Canton. Oh no, that was Kansas. Never mind. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> close
2: enough. You know, we start with the last name. That's close enough. Iowa, <laughs> Kansas. What's the difference? Uh, but, <laughs> so. The plan was to stay sharp right on on a team that was up and coming um that is really grabbing the attention of the media with zion being drafted there and so i started writing for fansided and uh, they let me pick the team that i wanted to cover and i was like they got all these young guys they're up and coming i really want to cover this team and been covering them since last uh, May and really just dove in headfirst and having a blast, and the, the podcast has really taken off. So so things are going really well, and and I'm having ton of connections in New Orleans. Never thought I'd be on the Are You Serious sports podcast,
0: but here Hell I am. Hell yeah, you so. are. Hell <laughs> yeah, you are. All right, so very quickly, E, because i got a lot of questions I want to ask you, but do you think that Hill and or Bledsoe will be on this roster on opening night?
2: There's a lot of options for the Pelicans. I can tell you that. And, right. you know, I, I in that, I, I work at the State Journal, like I mentioned, and I was there until midnight last night, got home, recorded a podcast, didn't go to bed until 2 a.m.
0: Hey, first and- off, I hate the root keep, but it was so great. The opening line of the podcast from yesterday was, holy shit, what just happened? <laughs> Probably the best way to open up a podcast, but continue.
2: Thank you. Thank you very much. But, uh... So, Pels have options, much like the draft, much like free agency. Pels have options here. And they can hold on to Bledsoe and Hill and win this season, whether they're going to make the playoffs, whether they're really going to compete for <laughs> one of those mid seeds, even in the West. The West is absolutely loaded from top to bottom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just is. And Pels can hold on to those two players and be a good player good regular season team. Bledsoe is a bulldog. He he and Hill kind of have a bad rep right now because of the recent playoff issues of them not advancing and you can blame that on partially on Bledsoe. I mean it's the whole team. Like <laughs> and and Budenholzer's inability not inability but lack of changing the rotations like I mentioned. There's there's a couple things you can blame on that. But Bledsoe and Hill good players. They're going to be good in the backcourt. Now, uh, whether or not they hold on to them is one thing, but you got to factor in what are they doing with Lonzo? What are they doing with Nikhil Alexander-Walker? If they package their three picks in the, in the draft coming up tomorrow and move up into the top ten, are they going to take a guard there? Are they going to try to get on Yeka kung mm. <laughs> like, what's What's the plan? If they move into the top three, is Wiseman on the table? Because <clears throat> if they draft a guard, they're going to have to move one of these guys. You can't have five combo guards. I mean, even combo guards. You can't have five of them on the roster unless one of them's a 15th guy. And and they believe in Nah. I know that for sure. Lonzo was fantastic in the regular season, dropped off a freaking cliff in the bubble, and Bledsoe and Hill have their own issues. <clears throat> but they're both experienced. They've done really well in the playoffs. And I think if they're going to trade one, if they believe in Lonzo, they'll trade Bledsoe and they'll hold on to Hill because I think he can be a really good second units and not necessarily score. Like he's not going to be six man of the year by any means, but the guy shot 46% from three last year and the Pels shot the most threes in the NBA last season. So having him on your roster doesn't hurt. It was minimal minutes. I, I'm not sure how many minutes off the top of my head. I know he scored about nine minute or nine points a game, shot three, three pointers a game. Um, so I can tell you they have options. They have a lot of options, and if you take those three and you add a pick, they could acquire a lot, man. There are teams out there that they could uh, they could meet up with. Sorry, I, I I can see you're wanting to talk here. No, but I the, just the had piece. a
0: funny. I had a funny that I wanted to get out, <laughs> but keep going, man. I, I okay. I'll remember it. Keep going.
2: Okay. So the Pacers, if you can get Miles Turner, I think he's a great fit with the Pels. I think he's. You, you plug and play, I and mean, he's a veteran. He's not a young guy. SVG doesn't want any more young guys. This roster has enough. They're not going to use their three picks. I, I mean, they're going to package them one way or another. They're going to get somebody.
0: I, I but, agree with you there, and I agree that they get or try to do it. I guess the funny that I wanted to say is somewhere, somehow, some way, the Ball family and LeVar Ball is smirking Hoping that the Pels find a way to trade those picks and a player to go get a son, and he has two sons playing on the same team. That's his hope. Yeah, but I don't think I don't think it's going to get there. Uh, to your point, and then to your question, or to what you've been saying, it, it's really up in the air, I guess, as to what the what the want to do. Now, David Griffin has been very. I don't want to say nearsighted because I know that he looks into the future and he wants to build teams. But does Stan Van Gundy get a say in any of this being so relatively new and and a new coaching hire and been out so long? Do you think that he consults him in any of this?
2: You know, I'm not sure. Did you watch the media conference, the intro conference for SVG?
0: I did a little bit. It kind of okay. it kind of got me nauseated. I'd been drinking the night before, but yes, I did. I was very bland. I was very meh about the hire, yeah. to be honest. But yes, I watched it.
2: So I love the hire. I was very meh initially, but this guy, this defense in New Orleans, atrocious, right? I think we can all agree on that. Team defense was horrible. Drew Holiday, you can you can rant and rave about him as much as you want about as an indif- individual defender, but team defender, or team def- oh my gosh, if I could talk, team defense in New Orleans was horrible last year. It just was. Yep. And SVG is going to come in and improve that right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Like even shortened season, he's going to make Zion maybe an average defender, which would be freaking shocking after last season. You can make Brandon Ingram a solid defender too with SVG at the helm. It's going to be boot camp once training camp starts. And he's gonna he's gonna teach him a lot about the defensive end of the floor. Anyway, about griff and and SVG having to say, in that introductory press conference, I got a bromance vibe, holy nuts from these two. Those two guys are are gonna be homies going forward. I can tell you that. And SVG's been around too long. He's done a lot um, for him not to have a voice in everything, mm-hmm. but he made it clear in the press conference too. That when he was in Detroit, he was the VP of President Basketball Operations, and he did not want that role at all anymore ever. Greg, <laughs> uh, I believe it was Griff talked to him about a potential person that they could draft in this year's draft, and he said it gave him anxiety or like he he had a little bit of panic. So I think SVG will be consulted. I think Griff will respect his opinion to the point of, all right. Trajan and I believe this Trajan Swin and I believe this rest of the guys in the front office believe this but what does SVG say what does Stan Van Gundy say what does he believe about this player what does he think he can do with this player I don't think that Stan is gonna completely abstain from these conversations by any means even if it does give him a little bit of anxiety you know but I think he'll have a factor in it I mean he, he has to I mean he's the head coach right
0: well, I think that he will, but it just depends on, like you mentioned, how much. I think what he will do, and this is just my opinion, is that he will. David Griffin will ask him, hey, what do you think this team needs? And he'll go out and get it. I, I, I mean, I don't think that he'll go player by player and say, hey, I want this guy, I want this guy. I don't think he'll do that. Elliot, let me, let, let's look at this because – a lot of questions have come in to you. And you mentioned this about Zion Williamson and yes, at times his defense last year really struggled and it looked like he just didn't give a damn. Do you attest that for a little bit, him being out of shape and and wanting to score? And that was Gentry's game plan or he just isn't a good defender because the problem. And like you mentioned, Stan Van Gundy's going to really, really get ticked off if you don't play defense. What do you attest for that with with Zion Williamson going forward? And the and second part with that, what is the biggest thing you want to see from Zion this upcoming season?
2: So, number one in terms of defense is, well, his health. Uh, and, and to tie into that, definitely him being in shape. Look at his highlight tape from his freshman year, Duke. Look at his highlight tape from this year in New Orleans. Heck, you can even just Google Zion Williamson Duke, Zion Williamson Pelicans. That is not the same body. It's just not. Zion- Are you, are you was saying he
0: got a little chubby? You saying he put uh, just, on uh, Louisiana a Louisiana 20?
2: <laughs> just a little bit. He could lose some weight, that's for sure. Now, in, in terms of if he's just a bad defender, kind of. I think that Every player, no matter if it's Matisse Thybul, no matter if it's Andre Roberson, no matter if it's Tony Allen, three of the best defenders that we've seen. I mean, Matisse is young, but he's really good for a rookie. You have a lot to learn when you come to the NBA. You just do. That's, that's a fact. It's, it's a different game. It's a different level of basketball. But Zion, to this point, he is one of the most, if not the most, explosive athlete I have ever seen. And with that being said, and you know, I'm 24, take that with a grain of salt, but (laughs) he's been able to rely on that for his whole career. Mm -hmm. He has. I mean, some of those blocks at Duke where he jumped up, basically, it could have been called goaltending, I'm sure, but he jumped out of nowhere and swatted that ball into the second, I mean, the freaking highest row. Yeah, it looked like
0: he was playing for the Monstars and Space Jam and sent that to Mars, man.
2: Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. So he's been able to do that for a hefty amount of his career, if not basically the whole damn thing. And he's played in 30 games in the NBA, something like that. So we can't just haul off. He's a bad defender. Move on. That's we can't do that. 30 games, one season. He's got a lot to learn. SVG is going to come in and say, I love your game on the offensive side of the ball. You're a bully. I mean, he ranted and raved about him every time he got to talk about him in the media and in this press conference that he just had, or that the Pels just had. He, it's, he's not going to be elite. He's just not. But you can make him average. You can make him a decent team defender. And he can rely on that athleticism at times because it's it's stupid it's unreal for his age 20 years old that athleticism is freaking bonkers Mm. but i don't see him being anything more than the average defender and svg can make him that probably quicker than a whole lot of other coaches i agree so so uh brandon ingram on the other hand with his length svg can make him a pretty solid two-way player so uh, and, and which is I'm so really interesting
0: on why on. they traded Drew. And I get the contract and all that, but you're trading your best defensive player. I mean, and that's what is just so ironic. You bring in a defensive-minded guy and you trade away your best defensive piece. I don't I don't know. We'll have to see. But you know I dunked on Zion uh not too long ago. Did you know about Did you hear about this?
2: I didn't hear what you said. Sorry, one more time.
0: I actually dunked on Zion. I'm not sure if you heard about this. I
2: did not hear about this. Tell me.
0: Yeah, it was a game called 2K, NBA 2K, ah, and I was LeBron James. There you go. So, uh,
2: <laughs> Good one, Blake.
0: <laughs> the E-Man <laughs> is our guest. One more question, I'll get you out of here. And I appreciate you joining us. We'll let everybody know where they can catch all of your work. Who's your starting five on opening night? If Now, assuming you don't get into the lottery and assuming you just kind of stay where you're at, For right now, who would be your starting five for the Pels next season?
2: If it's staying where it's at, it's going to be one Bledsoe, two J.J. Redick, ooh, the three, the four, the five, because you're going to get Brandon Ingram and Zion in there. And then the five, Zion's not going to start at the five. He's just not. We we talked about that. I was on uh, Word with G with or on ESPN 1420 in Lafayette today. Talked about that with, with Greg Larnard there. Zion will be used at the five. He'll be an excellent small ball five. He's not going to start at the five. This is not Mike D'Antoni's Houston Rockets. So as of right now, I don't want to say that Jackson Hayes starts at the five. I really don't want to say that. But the way the roster is constructed, Derek Favors is a free agent. Well I mean, very quickly and not there? to
0: rudely interrupt you is Jackson Hayes on the trading block because I saw today that there's some rumors that they could go get Larry Nance Jr in a possible trade scenario to be in that to be in that starting five is is that a possibility there now that you're talking about Jackson Hayes
2: I mean, all things are on the table right now. I'm, I'm sure you saw that from David Fisher. He is not a Jackson Hayes guy. He's our, <laughs> he one of our,
0: is not.
2: No. no. <laughs> one of our, uh, the bird rights guys, uh, he's, he's awesome. I, I love fish. I've, I've been on uh, bird calls with him. He's been all over every single possible trade situation with with the Pelicans. And Hayes could be traded. SVG did talk about him again to reference the introductory press conference. He said Jackson Hayes is going to be a shot blocker. And the thing about that is that's what Jackson Hayes tried to do last season. And much like Zion Williamson tried to rely on his athleticism too much. Jackson Hayes is a very high ceiling center. Mm. He should, he develop a jump shot. Offensive side of the ball. Jackson Hayes could be scary, but he relies on that athleticism too much on the defensive end of the floor. He just looks almost like a toddler out there. And I mean, in a press conference following one of the bubble games, somebody asked him about his development on the defensive end of the floor. And he said, yeah, I think I'm good there. I don't have to worry about it. And that if, if SVG hears him say that in person, I don't think Jackson will leave the bench one time in the entire (laughs) season. And if you can't play defense, I I talked about this with Jeff Alisea of uh, Magic Close Up just a few, probably about a month ago when SVG first got hired, and he said, if you don't play defense, if you miss an assignment, your ass is on the bench. That's just the way it is with Stan Van Gundy culture, and I love it because there was zero accountability with Alvin Gentry, and Stan Van Gundy's bringing that in, and he's bringing it in from day one. And Jackson Hayes, he could be awesome. He could be awesome, and I would love to see him in a Pelicans uniform one more season, but... This is another issue with this short offseason. There's no summer league, and Jackson Hayes could have used another summer of summer league to learn some of these defensive rotations, help, work on the pick and roll, because his pick and roll defense is atrocious. Mm -hmm. And he could be something. He could be awesome. But right now, he is not there. He's not there. He'll give you some awesome highlight dunks. He'll give you some awesome blocks here and there that make you go, whoa, sports center top ten. We all know that gif of JJ Reddick going where he had that sick dunk <laughs> in Chicago. Right. And he'll get you that. He'll get you that from time to time. Those momentum kind of swing and plays. And but that's really all he's going to give you right now. And and if the Pels acquire Larry Nance, that's an immediate upgrade as far as upside. Maybe you go to the draft. Maybe they draft on Yeka Okungwu. Maybe they get James Wiseman and that's your that's your high upside center for the future.
0: Elliot, you've been fantastic, man. You've definitely passed the test, especially when it comes to our Pelicans info and news. Tell all the RU Syrians where they can find all of your work.
2: For sure. So you can find everything at Elliot Clough. It's E-L-I-O-T-C-L-O-U-G-H on Twitter. We got links to the podcast. We got links to writing, everything like that from the Bird Rights. Um, But most of all, you can check us out. If you head to any podcasting platform, just type in B-L-E-A-V in the New Orleans Pelicans. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, Fam, leave a rate and review. We would love you forever. Please do that. Our listens are skyrocketing and, and, and we're having a blast there. And uh, we'll be doing a, a podcast for tomorrow morning. And if you have any input on who you think the Pelicans should draft, respond to my tweet tonight and you'll get on Pelican, I believe in New Orleans Pelicans in the morning prior to the draft. And I'm going to be on a ton of outlets tomorrow. I'll give, be giving those retweets so you can find those all on, on Twitter there at Elliot Clough once again.
0: Elliot, I appreciate it, man. You've been fantastic. We'll ha- we'll talk again soon, and we'll see what happens in the draft tomorrow night. Thanks, my man.
2: Yeah, thank you, Blake. It was right. a blast, man. Awesome.
0: That was Mr. Elliot Clough from Believe in Pelicans podcast. All right. I hear that we have a phone call. It is the MaxIN Minute. Mr. Stephen Miller, what's happening, brother?
3: First things first, man, I... I don't know if I can even feel this young man's shoes, man. What an interview! What an interview! I mean, <laughs> tell you, quality. And then, and the, the wildest thing is, is dude's not even from New Orleans. Hasn't even been to
0: NOLA. I crazy. know, I know. Ben, you know, he like he said, was hired during COVID. Hasn't been able to come down to New Orleans. Hired by a media outlet in New Orleans to cover the Pelicans. I mean, what a what a hell of a story! And it's been covering them. I think it's fantastic.
3: And tell you, he he straight just knocked it out of the park. But hey, right. real quick, I know you are getting close on time, but uh, let me go over a little bit of this uh, match news for oh, you. Yeah, I'll uh, i tell you the top two teams that we'll talk about tonight is uh, we got the Buffalo Bulls on the East, which I'm kind of biased. It's been my little team. I've uh, kind of adopted the last about four years or so. Uh, man, they they got a huge, huge Running game, they got uh two running backs that they kind of split the carries, but uh, and and that line is just like bulldozing. But uh, they had that one cat on game one, Jet Patterson. He had twenty carries for a hundred and thirty-seven with two touchdowns. Wow! And then game two, they just flip flopped it, and then the second guy he had sixteen carries for a hundred and nine yards. So I mean, it, it, it's just pick your poison, but uh. As you were on the uh, interview on, on with Elliott, they, uh, they they finally got their little street snap. The first nine times that Buffalo has had the ball in the red zone, they scored a touchdown. Unreal.
0: So let me ask you: Who do you think is going to be coming out of the action and the best team in the action right now? Is it Buffalo?
3: Uh, I mean, yeah. The chalk in the preseason was uh, Buffalo coming out of the. In, uh, western Michigan side that, that of the west mm-hmm. but uh, those two teams are only uh on a uh, high-speed way to meet up but uh tomorrow night Blake uh, is, is a real big game and a real big game in the Max. we've got western and central playing and uh both of those schools are two and zero.
1: Oh.
3: <clears throat> uh most people probably wasn't tuning in and most people probably heard it turned the game off last week of Western Michigan and Toledo. Western Michigan was down, uh, I think it was 10 points with like a minute left. Mm-hmm. They uh, score a touchdown, get the onside kick, and there's like 30 seconds left or something. First and goal at nine, and they run the old Dan Marino fakes.
0: <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> wide
3: receivers out there, he's like, hey, jumping up and down. He's doing jumping jacks. He's saying, hey, throw me the ball. And fake spike, dude's wide open. Even I could have caught, like, caught the pass. But, yeah, they they scored uh 14 or 13 points because they missed the extra point. I mean, special teams aren't that uh, highly thought of in the match. It's just all fun and gun and minimum on defense. I mean I- – Oklahoma scored what I think it was 91 points in the first two games and Western scored I think it was like in the 80s so, I mean it, it, it's all funny gun
0: well I saw that and you know Stephen when I saw that I said what in the mountain hair yellow Jack- Mount Herman yellow jackets is going on here it was a fantastic play fantastic okay. So I'm going to put you on the spot right quick. I know you said you had a rant. I'll let you say it if you want, but if you don't want to, you don't have to. But I heard you got a rant for us. What you thinking?
3: Yeah, man. I'm just uh, a little disappointed in uh, some of our uh, quote-unquote LSU fans on this year, man. And it's like uh, it's, it's real easy to be a fan when you're 15-0 and 0 and everybody's buying these T-shirts and hats and this and that. But man, we got a little bit of adversity, we got a little bit of wild year, we got COVID going on, we got opt-outs, we got draft entries, and now it's like everybody's crapping on the team, and probably had the worst take I've ever seen today is uh is, is, is we know that Terrence, he had stepped up and had a team meeting, and uh, he, he's trying to rebuild this team and, and get some leadership going, and. Mm-hmm. His guy says, oh, Terrence, yeah, it's all fun and good. But uh, him speaking like, to the team now is like a fart in the wind. And I'm thinking, buddy, we we got the meat of the schedules coming up. If they can somehow rally and find someone to be a leader and find someone to lean on and come out and play some, with, with some piss and vinegar Saturday, who knows? I mean, mm-hmm. all it takes is just a couple little plays and get some – momentum and win this game and who knows man who knows i mean we still don't know what the schedule is because they said i believe it was on monday that they said um going up to saturday all the play the games on saturday is scheduled but after that it's all up in the air and things can get flip-flopped and shuffle around so who knows but if they can somehow go up there get a win i mean think think can happen, but, I mean, it just takes a couple plays and somebody like that to step up and say, hey, this is my team now. I'm not going to stand for it. I mean, kind of like what Burrow did in 18. He said, hey, this is my team, and I'm not going to stand like stand for it. So,
0: Yeah, and I don't think it's a fart in the win. I think that's a really bad take. I mean, you look, you do have the ability to win the remaining of your games. I mean, you do have the talent, but we'll see good yeah. moving forward. Steven Miller. My Thanks man, I him. appreciate you calling in with the Maxion Minute. Later, bro. All right. That's Mr. Stephen Miller. Yes, yes, yes. My man loves him some action. Loves him some action. All right, guys. Well, we're going to call it a night. We will have another great show for you tomorrow along with some other great guests. And until then, you guys have a good night, and we'll see you back tomorrow. And one more day, we will be closer to some LSU and Saints football. The NBA draft will be going on tomorrow night as well, but we'll be tuning in for that. But until then, guys, we will talk then. Y'all have a good night. Thank you for listening to Believe.